You are about to listen to Where Your Treasure Is, the podcast where faith and finance meet. Please note that the views expressed are our own and in no way represent any form of financial advice. And remember, investments can go down as well as up. Happy listening. Providers and platforms. No matter how often I read the title of this week's episode, I still have no real idea as to what we're going to be talking about today. Providers and platforms are not really words I've come across before in the context of money. Simon, could you give us a wee introduction to today's topic, please? Uh, Indeed, I could. And you are right. They're not words that most people would use or consider in respect of their financial affairs. However, in the uh, ecosystem of finance that we're all part of, the providers and the platforms play a really essential role. The providers are the brand names that we engage with, and the platforms are the technology that we use to engage. I'm going to attempt a bit of an analogy to help us understand where they fit into our financial affairs. Now, as with all analogies, it is imperfect, so please forgive me if I stretch it a little bit. And we're going to talk about buckets on a shelf. Buckets on a shelf? Yep. And we're going to start with uh, the buckets. Now, in this context, uh, a bucket is just a place to put your money. The size of the bucket doesn't matter. They kind of magically grow and shrink to fit however much or however little you put into them. But what does matter is the type of bucket that you have. Now, most people will have a bucket that we would call, for example, the bank. It's their bank account. It's their bank bucket. It's a place they put some money and they take money out. And it's probably the most frequently accessed of their buckets. But they probably have other buckets as well. So there might be a pension bucket or an ISA bucket, uh, an investment account bucket or a savings account bucket. So in this analogy, we can have as many buckets as we like and each one represents a different place that we have money. Yeah. And not only that, but you might have several different buckets, all called bank account or several different pension buckets. Now, one of the differentiators is then who is the provider of each of your buckets. I was wondering if you'd ever get back to the topic of providers and platforms. So are you saying that if I have three different bank accounts with three different banks, then I have three different providers? Yep, it's as simple as that. Uh, So you might have a bucket called your uh, Monzo current account, uh, one called your Bank of Scotland savings account, uh, and then maybe your Aviva pension. All your buckets from all your providers, they're just all piled up in this big, untidy heap. Now, each one, it kind of tells you who the provider is, and it tells you what the product is or or what kind of bucket it is. Okay, so despite perhaps some rumours to the contrary, I'm generally not a fan of an untidy room. And just visualising this big pile of buckets, there's money spilling out of all of them. Honestly, Simon, I'm starting to feel a little bit anxious. Yeah, quite right. When it comes to money, whether it's complicated or it's unorganized, it does cause a lot of people quite a lot of stress and anxiety. But there is a solution to this problem of our many buckets. And Bex, can you guess what the solution is? I don't know why you get me to guess these things when I am in no way a financial expert. But as you are asking me to guess... I'm going to suggest the word we haven't talked about yet. So are platforms the solution? 
there are, I kind of set that one up for you, hopefully, with our title of today's episode. Platforms are one of the solutions available to us. So let's continue the analogy. If you could take all of your buckets from your various providers and your various financial products and put them all on a shelf, neat and tidy, easy to see, easy to access, then the shelf would be your platform. A platform is just a place to organize your money. Now, you don't need a platform to be well organized with your money. Some people, many people, do perfectly well without them. Others, though, end up in a complete mess, getting more and more buckets from more and more providers. And in the end, it all gets just too complicated to manage well. Now, it used to be, still is sometimes, that you'd get a statement through the post every month from your bank, say, or your several bank accounts. And every three months, a statement comes in from your investment provider. And then every year from your various pension providers. And you had to kind of work out how to deal with all that information constantly coming at you. Now, whilst it's now more often that emails are what we get coming in, or possibly you get a link asking you to log into a secure portal or download the provider's app to get the information that you need, it can still lead to information overload or the need for ever more passwords and apps on our phone or websites to remember, which, to be honest, I suspect we can all do with, a, with fewer of. I honestly don't know how I survive. I feel like I'm always resetting a password. <laughs> but if the platform, the shelf for your buckets, is designed to help with all of that, how do they actually work? What makes having a platform better than not having one? How do we go about choosing whether to use one or not? And if we do use one, which platform should we use? For fantastic questions, uh, the answers to which are probably going to take up all the rest of the time in today's episode. How convenient. Well planned. So let's start in the widest possible sense of uh, financial services. There are thousands of providers out there. Some of them are global brands with a name such as Visa, PayPal, MasterCard. Then there are the banks and the building societies. Then the insurance companies and loan companies and even accountancy firms get into this space of financial services. And they're the providers, they're the brand names. But for our conversation today, I'm going to focus on providers of investments and pensions. Now, technically, some investment solutions are actually their insurance products, but with a twist. And we're not going to go into that today. It would just take far too long. So if you recognize some names that I might say today, you think to yourself, hang on, don't they do insurance? Well, the answer is yes, they probably do, because often insurance and investments are very linked in the world of financial services. Now, some of the biggest brand names to consider in the providers category in this space of insurance, investments, and pensions, companies like Prudential, HSBC, Aviva, Legal and General, Standard Life, although they're not called that anymore. But when I talk about platforms, there are far, far fewer. I did a bit of research. There are 27 unique advisor-facilitated platforms, and according to which, anyway, there are only 15 DIY investment platforms. And then, of course, there are also the provider-integrated platforms. Okay, you're going to have to slow down a minute. I thought I was keeping up, but you've managed to lose me again. I heard words like advisor-facilitated, DIY, and integrated. What do they all mean? 
you might need to slow down a little bit. Yeah, okay. I'll start with the names that you know, and then I'll try and build it from there. Now, it used to be, you might find yourself face-to-face with a financial advisor who worked for one of the big providers. I'm thinking now companies like Aviva, who used to be called Norwich Union, or Standard Life, but they now call themselves Aberdeen without any vowels, or Aegon, and they used to be called Scottish Equitable as well. So do any of them actually use their original names? Surprisingly few. So this advisor for, for these companies, they actually worked for the provider. And their job was to sell you as the customer, maybe insurance from that provider, or sell you a pension provided by the provider, or an investment product from that provider. Now, I started out my career over 20 years ago as an agent. I worked for a company called Marine and General Mutual, or MGM Assurance. Now, they were bought out back in 2015 by a company called Scottish Friendly. Now, at the time, I could therefore only sell products from MGM Assurance. I was, I was a tied agent, tied to them, tied to their products. Later on, I moved to another company, and I worked for Zurich, again, as a tied agent. So I could only recommend Zurich products. They're the provider. I was the advisor. Now, at that time, everything was done by paper. You would fill in paper forms, you would post them off, you would write checks and send your money in. Everything was done by post. There was no platform involved. There was just the provider and lots of application forms. Now, of course, as technology progressed, it became more efficient to use the technology, use the web, use computers. And these providers, they kind of wanted to send more of the responsibility of doing the work to the advisors and then actually onto the clients as well. So the admin was pushed onto computers and we did more of the work. And that's where the platform was originally born. A bit of technology that allowed advisors to input and access information and allow them to then help the client get things set up and get information out of and money out of their providers. And that is what I would call an integrated platform integrated with one provider. And so do they still exist today? Well, they do, um, just in a different kind of format. So if you have an app on your phone to access your bank account, for example, basically that is your bank's platform. Uh, Same with investments, same with pensions. You might have the ability to access information about your products directly with the provider using a platform. You can only get their information for their products. It's an integrated platform. Now, the main objective of these companies, these providers, and therefore the main objective by extension of their platform, their software, their technology, was to try and get your money, my money, our money into their investment funds. Quick reminder, an investment fund, it's called a collective investment. Lots of investors like me and you pool our money together into one big pot, the fund, and then the fund manager and his team or her team of researchers and analysts, they decide what stocks and shares to buy, what gilts and bonds to buy, when to buy, when to sell, using our money. And that's much more efficient than us doing it one share at a time. So it saves us time and money, and the provider makes money by taking a slice from 
our share of their pot of their fund. And so what comes after the integrated platform? So after the integrated platform comes the DIY platform, the do-it-yourself platform. Now, these are services that allow investors to hold different types of investments in one consolidated account. So maybe you're going to have an ISA and a pension and an investment account all in one place. You log in once and you can see it all there. But interestingly, you don't have to use the same provider. So effectively, you haven't got to use an advisor and go through the provider's system, which is a massive cost saving to an investor. You get to choose your own investments. You get to choose what to buy and sell and when to buy and sell it. You are responsible for your own decisions. Now, these DIY platforms are sometimes called fund supermarkets. They're basically a big shop where you can go and access and buy funds from lots of different providers all in one place. You can buy a bit of Standard Life's fund and a bit of Aviva's fund and some legal in general as well, if that's what you want. Now, the largest direct-to-investor, in other words, there's no advisor involved, direct-to-investor platform in the UK is a company called Hargreaves Lansdowne. However, just being the biggest doesn't always mean that they're the best because they also happen to be one of the most expensive DIY platforms. Okay, so we've covered integrated and DIY platforms. What was the other type of platform you mentioned? Uh, the other one was the advisor facilitated platform. It's the one that kind of I use in my day job. So these platforms allow independent financial advisors and planners like me, those that aren't tied to just one provider, one company, to manage their clients' money, much like using a DIY platform. In other words, we can go and access funds from all sorts of different providers, but the advisor's the one doing the work and making the decisions and doing the admin. Now, the very first financial advisor facilitated platform in the UK was by a company called Transact. Actually, they've been working over in Australia for many years and then came into the UK market a bit more than 20 years ago. Now, platforms like Transact allow advisors to set up investments and pensions for their clients and then go and choose any kind of fund that you want, any stock and share that you want within your ISA, your pension. Now, because companies like Transact in the advisor space and like Hargreaves lands down in the do-it-yourself space, they don't manage funds themselves. You can't go and buy a Transact fund. They make money by offering this service, this platform, to access funds managed by other providers. And they take a slice, a cut off top of that. Now, as this platform market began to grow, some of the integrated platforms, those provider platforms, began to want to get in on, on the slice of the pie. They allowed access to more than just their own investments as a means of generating more revenue. So one of the biggest investment providers in the UK is, as mentioned before, a company called Aberdeen. They used to be Standard Life. Now their platform, their technology, earlier in this year, had over £68 billion of customers' money being processed, being managed through it. £68 billion. Now compare that to Transact, they had £50 billion of clients' money on their platform. Hargreaves lands down 120 billion pounds. So that's the kind of size of the platform space. But all of those 
pale into insignificance if we compare, for example, to Aberdeen Standard Life's own funds. They have something like £500 billion of people's money in their funds. Now, some of that money is being managed through the Transact platform or the Hargreaves Lansdowne platform. But you can see kind of where the money sits in the system. My mind is still blown over trying to comprehend the number 500 billion. That is an awful lot of zeros. But to come back to the topic, the question that springs to mind is, is a DIY platform or an advisor platform better than a provider's own integrated platform? That very much depends on what you need, what you need out of your provider or out of your platform. I'm going to suggest that there are four main factors to consider when choosing a platform or even a provider and using their own platform. So write these four things down. We're going to look at the product you need, the cost you're going to pay, the funds that you want, and advice, whether or not you need it. Let's go through those sequentially. So the most important factor by far, the starting factor, is the product that you need. Now, in this case, the product is the pension, or the ISA, or the bank account, the investment account. If you're looking for a way to efficiently manage your money on a day-to-day basis, like a bank account or a savings account, then there's no need to find a platform that specializes in ISAs and pensions. You just need to use your bank's integrated platform. You probably already do. It's free to use. It meets all your needs. It's easy. It gets you the information you want quickly. But if you want to open up a new pension or perhaps consolidate a number of pensions you already have into one place, then the mobile banking app on your phone is not going to fit the bill. You need to go and find a platform or a provider that will meet your need and provide you with a pension, for example. So the product is your starting place. What is it that you need? The second factor then is cost. In most cases, low cost is better than high cost. Now, it isn't always true. It might be a case that when you're looking for a specialist service, you might need to pay a bit extra to get the versatility, the functionality that you want. For example, most pension investors just need a basic pension where they can pay money in and invest it in a suitable fund. One day they'll get the money out. Often it's years, if not decades in the future. But just occasionally, an investor comes along and says, I want to take my pension pot and I want to buy a property with it which with restrictions you are allowed to do, but you then need a specialist pension platform or a specialist pension provider. That may come with an additional cost, but there's no point in paying that cost if you don't need it. Another thing to note is actually, how is it that you pay for the use of a platform? Now, some platforms, some providers, they charge a flat fee and some charge on a percentage basis. Neither is better or worse than the other. They're just different. And it will depend on your situation as to which is best for you. So let me take myself as an example. I happen to have two different pensions with two different providers. Now, I have a workplace pension where my company puts money in and I put money in on a monthly basis. And that's with a company called Royal London. Now, I use the Royal London platform to access information about my pension. And I can use that platform to instruct them to increase or decrease what's going in and to change the funds I'm in. But I can't access any information about my non-Royal London 
pensions and investments using their platform. Now, Royal London happened to charge me on a percentage basis to use their pension on their platform. And that charge is about 0.4% of the value of my pension per year. So if I had a nominal £10,000 in my pension fund, 0.4% of that works out at £40 per year. That's what I pay to use their bit of technology. Not a bad deal. However, if I had £100,000 in my pension pot at 0.4%, I would pay £400 a year. So the more you have, the more you pay. That's the percentage charging weight. Now, I have another pension. And this one is with a company, a platform provider called Interactive Investor. It's a DIY platform. I don't need to pay for an advisor. I give myself advice. But this platform, they charge me a flat fee. It's about £20 a month. And what I've done is I've taken my old pensions and moved them all into one place on the Interactive Investor platform. £20 a month is £240 a year. So if I had, again, £10,000 in that pot, it would cost me £240 a year. That's 2.4% for those who like their maths. But if I had £100,000 in that platform, in that pension, they would still charge me £240 a year. That works out at 0.24%. So basically, a flat fee pension is a much better deal for those with a big pension pot, a big investment account. Same with ISAs. Most percentage charging platforms, which are better for those with smaller amounts of money, certainly if you're going down the DIY route, have a sliding scale. So it could be the first £100,000 is at a certain fee, and then the next bit is a bit cheaper. And as you get more and more money, it gets less and less of a percentage. So it's up to you to work out based on the product you need and how much you're investing as to which solution serves you best. And there's one more caveat in terms of charges, and that is trading. So certainly the DIY platforms, they will charge you every time you want to buy or sell a fund maybe, or a share, or a guilt or a bond on their platform. A whole variety of ways they do that. If you're a kind of hands-on person who likes to trade an awful lot, then those costs can very quickly mount up. So be aware of that as well. Okay, we've covered product, we've covered costs. Let's get on to the third thing, which was the funds. Most investors only ever need one fund, or, or maybe a couple, but a single fund well-diversified, low-cost index fund, and we have spoken about these things before, do go back and check, is usually the best solution. However, the non-integrated, the DIY platforms, the advisor-led platforms, they might give you access to over 40,000 different investment choices, different funds in different countries, different shares, different providers, just a vast array of choice. Now, if you spent, say, one minute researching each of those 40,000 investment options, and you spent 12 hours a day doing that, it would take you about two months to go through the whole list to decide where you're going to invest your money. Unfortunately, by that time, all your research is out of date because you've taken so long over it. A bit pointless. So you might think, oh, in that case, I'm going to employ an expert. I'm going to employ a fund manager to do all that work for me. I'll pick their fund and, and they can do all the research and they can pick and choose what to buy and sell. However, the research shows that on average, fund managers do no better, they don't beat the market anymore than just buying 
a low-cost, well-diversified index tracker fund. And as these index funds generally cost a lot less to buy, having one of those means you get to keep more of your own money rather than investing in a potentially expensive, actively managed, that's where the fund manager's making choices for you, an actively managed fund. Now, just about every platform you will ever come across is going to have access to a suitable fund, low-cost, well-diversified index fund. But sometimes you might need or want to choose one of the DIY platforms, your Hargives Lansdowns of the world, your best investor of the world, interactive investor. Now, when you log in to these platforms, one of the things to be aware of, they make money when you trade. So part of their motivation is to get you to trade. They'll happily throw at you top tips today, best funds today, buy and sell suggestions. Just be aware what they're trying to do is not give you independent financial advice. They're trying to convince you to buy or sell so that they get a small slice of your trading costs. And finally, better speed it up at this stage. Do you have a need for advice? Now, one of the aims of our podcast is to reduce or remove your need for advice. Don't pay for a financial planner if you don't need one. So if you can manage your own financial affairs using information and guidance that we provide or you can get online, it will save you money in the long run. But the time might come when you need advice, in which case your advisor may recommend that you use one of those advisor-facilitated platforms. And they will recommend which platform to use based on your needs and the cost and the funds available and the functionality of the platform because it will help them do their job of advising you. It's important you recognize that cost because you as the investor are paying the platform, not your advisor. So the total cost to you then becomes, well, what am I paying my advisor? What am I paying my platform? And what am I paying for the funds that go on the platform? With one notable exception, which is St. James's Place, and other companies do something similar, they operate a fully integrated service where the cost of the advisor and the platform and the funds are all built into one and they just have a fund cost. So their funds look incredibly expensive compared to most other funds, but they do include some other services as well. That said, if you were to compare the total cost of investing with a company like St. James's Place to the total cost of doing it with another advisor, they're still certainly one of the more expensive advisory platforms in the UK. So definitely do your research before engaging with them. Well, Simon, I think that's the longest time I've let you speak without interrupting. It's a PB for me. You covered the products available on the platform, the cost, the funds and the need for advice. Given that we've already covered many of those topics in previous episodes, I'd recommend that anyone who's new to the podcast and hasn't heard that content yet might want to go and listen back to them. These topics seem to be constantly overlapping with each other and coming up with each decision impacting another one. They do indeed. And I've been doing this job for 20 years professionally. And so I've become pretty good at identifying the key factors and helping clients reach the key decisions to get the best outcome for them. It's one of the values of advice. But it is totally possible to do all this by yourself. Just be aware, if you're reading stuff online or on a platform website, somebody somewhere is trying to make some money. And if you can find out 
how it is they're making their money. Is it on the trading? Is it on selling funds? Is it on advertising? Then you have a better awareness of the information that you should accept and that which you should disregard. Thank you for that closing bit of wisdom, Simon. In our next episode of season three, we'll be looking at cash flow planning. I say looking at, but this is a podcast and not a video. And so there won't be much looking going on, but there'll be plenty of listening, no doubt. We hope you'll join us next time. And if you have any questions or comments, then you can get in touch by emailing where your treasure is at freerangepodcasting.co.uk or by going to where your treasure is podcast on Instagram. Until then, goodbye. Goodbye. This podcast has been brought to you by Free Range Podcasting. Let us take you where you and your podcast want to go.